Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Creative Careers in Medicine podcast. I'm Andrew Bracey and in this interview series we talk to doctors about all kinds of fascinating things they're doing in and alongside their medical careers as they forge their own creative paths. Everything from their side hustles to the unorthodox pathways and personal passions that they pursued along the way. Uh, we've spoken to doctors who are also filmmakers, authors, medtech moguls, foreign aid workers, comedians, magicians, athletes, public health advocates and, and many other things. Uh, the episode that we've got today is another first in the series, and we're talking to a Queensland GP who's also a successful rapper and musician. He's using his art to raise awareness about a range of health issues while also speaking out about some of the very troubling issues more broadly that are facing Australia and the world today. Dr. Tube Fam first got into hip-hop music in his early teens and quickly went from fan to performer, and he's never really looked back. His debut album, Made of Jade, released under his performing name, 2P, was released in 2013 and he continues to make new music, including his latest track, which came out just last month in February. And we'll discuss that in the interview and we may even have a little clip that we can pop in there as well. Along the way, uh, obviously he's embarked on his medical training and career. And in this chat, we discuss his motivations and inspirations that fuel these two very different vocations, how they intersect and what he hopes to do with his passion for music and for public health. Before we get to that conversation, though, I quickly need to let you all know that CCIM 2020, that's the Creative Careers in Medicine big annual conference, is now open for registration. So this year's program and event is already looking pretty amazing with two days of intense education, inspiration, fun, and of course, creativity. It's all happening at the Brighton Beach uh, Novotel in Sydney from June 26 to 28 under the theme, What's Your Superpower? Announcements about speakers and more uh, will be coming out in the coming weeks um, but in the meantime you can register by heading over to creativecareersinmedicine.com uh, also if you have a product or service you'd like to show off as part of the event you can get in touch via the website to learn about the opportunities to engage with the creative and, and passionate cohort of medical professionals who'll be there um, throughout the event CCIM is also still open to hearing from anyone who may want to be a speaker or presenter at the event. So if that sounds like you, please get in touch with the CCIM team via the site and we might see you there on stage. And one last very exciting thing to mention before we get to the interview is that the CCIM membership program is now live. A number of you have already signed up, but um, for those who haven't seen it already, there are a range of different types of membership options that grant you access to exclusive things like exclusive member-only events, um, the opportunity to take part in the CCIM mentorship program, uh, additional access to CCIM resources and a ton of other stuff. Uh, just click on the membership tab at the top of the CCIM homepage to learn more and sign up for a host of great member benefits. Okay, so with all that out of the way, here is my interview with Dr. Tufam. So good morning, Tufam. Thank you so much for joining the Creative Careers in Medicine podcast. Thank you for having me. No worries. So for those who perhaps don't know you that well or aren't aware of, uh, of your work, can you sort of give us a quick sort of summary of the sort of the two, I guess, we're used to talking in this, series, in this podcast series to, to people who have um, one or more sort of facets to what they're doing. Um, can you talk, tell us a little bit just in summary about what it is that, that you're doing? So you've got your medicine and you've got your music. Yeah, so I work as a GP in a university health service in Queensland. I uh, also work in a headspace in youth mental health. And outside of medicine, I make hip-hop and R&B music uh, about various socio-political and health issues, and I also do some stand-up comedy. 
I'm from Vietnam. Our roots are running deep. Jungle trees during Lunar New Year. Color for the streets. The reason why colonizing countries seek to clutch a piece. Our blood is seeped because of the struggle of becoming free. Now they want to see a rid of trading to run a fleet. Plus, I'd really love to reach and plunder diesel underneath. The corruption reeks. They're bribing our leaders. Some are weak. Trading in sovereignty for currencies to come to greed. So, one of the things um, that's pretty prominent in your work uh, comes through in a lot of the, the tracks and, and, and the lyrics is that your pride in your background is Vietnamese Australian as well. And I wondered if you could talk a little bit about what that means to you and, and how you've used your music to, to pay um, ongoing respect to your culture and also, I guess, highlight some of the, the major and current issues like sovereignty um, for that you've recently covered in, in your latest single, Save Our Seas. Could you talk a little bit about that and what it means to you? Okay, so my background gives me context and a different lens through which I see the world and current affairs. Vietnamese immigrants here have a common origin story of the struggle for independence, freedom and security. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in our culture, we have a strong emphasis on sacrifice and work ethic. Uh, and I find that it helps uh, and pays to be reminded that although we live a prosperous life in Australia, uh, we have a lot of families back home in Vietnam who are still struggling. And we also share that struggle with our regional partners as well, which is why I wrote the song Save Our Seas, which is a song uh, from Filipino, Malaysian and Vietnamese artists about our freedom and sovereignty. What's, what is the issue itself that for, the, for those that, that might not be up to, um, up to speed on, on the sorts of themes that you're discussing in that track? So uh, there's a number of like small little countries in Southeast Asia whose... Uh, Sovereignty is being threatened in, for example, the West Philippine Sea. And uh, there's a lot of disputes there that can have like economic and historical origins. And it's very easy for the small countries to get written off or forgotten about. So uh, I think it's incumbent on the uh, diaspora uh, in other countries who originally come from uh, Philippines, Malaysia and Vietnam to speak about it. How did, uh, going back a bit, so rewinding, I'm interested to sort of hear about how hip-hop came into your life. Um, by, the, by the sounds of it, I'm guessing this is something, you know, when you were in your, your early years, maybe as pre-teens or even when you were a teenager. I'm interested to know how, what about hip-hop or rap music initially really grabbed you? Who were the artists that inspired you or that, that you loved and identified with and, and what was it about it that, that really made that, you know, the path that you were going to be on? So when I was growing up as an adolescent, uh, hip-hop was quite big among the second-generation immigrant communities, uh, Vietnamese people uh, in particular, but also like islander communities as well, indigenous communities. And uh, hip-hop then, it uh, wasn't as mainstream as it was now. It was quite subversive and rebellious, and it was quite far removed from the mainstream music scene at the time a lot of it, which was like grunge and pub rock and that sort of thing. And the artists that I followed back then were like uh, Common and Tupac and Public Enemy. So this is, so this is the 90s, uh, this is the late 90s sort of era? Yeah, <laughs> late, yeah late 90s um, and the 2000s. Right. And they used uh, music as a, a medium to spread a message. What kind of, were there any particular tracks or artists that, that or messages that you saw that, that you saw how, how that could actually work, where it was actually get cutting through and creating some kind of a difference? So my first hip-hop song that I really related with was Changes from Tupac. And uh, that one was a posthumous release and it uh, talked about like uh, coming together and healing uh, 
and bridging divisions and also raising awareness to social issues. It's a fairly, he's a fairly complex kind of guy. The, um, what was it about Tupac that sort of spoke to you? As, you know, obviously that track in, in itself, but was, was there something about Tupac that, that really sort of set him apart for you? Uh, yeah, at the time he was like quite like influential on a lot of other artists and he wore his heart on his sleeve and talked about some issues that a lot of other artists weren't brave enough to talk about at the time. And yeah, he's influenced a lot of artists who are now much more um, like uh, like honest and open about these, those other struggles that they're going through. And he also is quite versatile as well. So, you know, he might have uh, tracks with like a hip hop edge to it, like quite energetic and others which are more introspective. And it makes it interesting to like listen to a large body of his work. And hugely inspirational, not only for yourself, but like a whole generation, I guess, that generations of, of, of hip hop artists and rappers that have followed. Um, mm-hmm. Is there any sort of any more contemporary artists that, that you feel like, uh, you know, like yourself have been influenced, do you think? Yeah, so modern artists, like I follow artists like Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole. So again, they're continuing the tradition of like using the music uh, to talk about social issues and they're being more intricate about it now, having been influenced from those previous artists and being able to build and evolve on that. How did it go from something that you were sort of enjoying as a fan, sort of listening to the music, going along to shows, that kind of thing? Like, how did that get from, from that to perhaps writing, performing, collaborating with other people, recording, um, and seeing that as something that you wanted to be taking part in? So I wanted to do it since I was, like, 14, and... Uh, my, back in my position from the uh, in being a Vietnamese youth in Australia is very different to what the uh, mainstream like lifestyle or what was seen to be uh, hip hop back then. And I did it with my friends at high school. I didn't do it very well, but it was still like fun to do and it was organic and raw. Uh, the first time I recorded a proper song was in my uh, cousin studio in Saigon and then just with time I developed more skills wrote more I worked with underground producers uh, did more shows uh, put a CD out and then put just more stuff online and I find like hip-hop is kind of like a democracy now where like if you just work at it a long time develop your skills put it out there people relate to it then um, you can build a buzz that's even very much different to what like hip-hop originated as there must be like a huge confidence um, factor in, in that, like more than, I mean, I've, I've never actually having done it myself, I perhaps I'm, I'm speaking out of time, but like watching, having seen some hip hop acts and, and, and rap performances, there's a, it's a very different type of performance than, than say a rock band or a grunge or some of the, the, the music styles you were talking about before. Ha, there must be like, especially when you're the one that's sort of putting yourself out there, there's a lot of personal um, uh all over your own personal stuff tied in with with the, the lyrics especially how how did that comf- confidence to be able to do that come to you was it something that you had to develop over time or was it something that felt quite natural at the time because of how strongly you felt about some of the themes you might have been looking at uh like it it, it can be very difficult at the start like you've got to believe in your lyrics a, a lot and uh like i spent a lot of time like making sure that the like the delivery has like an inter- interesting substructure to it. Uh, but yeah, it just takes a lot of 
doing shows and practicing to get better at it and accepting that, you know, there's going to be mistakes, but that's okay. You can learn from the mistakes. People are quite understanding. And, yeah, eventually we get, like, better gigs and, like, more polished performance with time. So when did medicine come into the frame? Because you said hip-hop was sort of from a, you know, you you, you wanted to start doing hip-hop yourself at around 14. When did medicine come into the picture? Was that something you wanted to do um, from, from a young age as well or was that sort of later towards the end of high school? Where, where did that come into the picture? So I was always, like, grounded in the sciences and I wanted to do something in that field but also I wanted to be on the front line of patient care as well. Mm. And the good thing about medicine is quite varied. Uh, there's something for many different personality types that one hadn't decided yet when they were young. Mm. And like having that uh, combination of the sciences and the patient interface appeals to me. So like when I did science in uni, that seemed to be the natural progression for me to go into medicine. So it wasn't something you decided to until you were, yeah, you were actually in university that you said actually medicine is, is the way that you'd sort of taken that time that a lot of people don't, I guess, to, to work out of that age yeah. and they sort of dive, dive headlong into a career. Um, it wasn't like something that I was uh, 100% new when I was like really young, mm. uh, but it like appealed to me that it was quite quite varied mm. and uh well, especially was, general practice i guess as well you, you, yeah. you get the full breadth of everything yeah. there yeah and i didn't even like at that time i didn't know that i was going to go into general practice mm. uh but like i never got to the point where it's like oh i'm gonna only do that one particular thing i just thought like i like being able to practice a, a broad depth of things and that, that kind of led towards general practice and like it, I really like the kind of the freedom and the autonomy and the like variety and breadth that that involves. So where we, where was your hip hop at this point? Obviously, this is something you were still pursuing, and like as as you said before, you were working on this at the same time as as being at uni. Was that sort of that must have been a really interesting time, I guess, as a student meeting a lot of people with that were into similar things and finding you know a lot of crossover interests. And, and did you start to find people to collaborate with that? to start to feel a bit normal like that because obviously I think one of the things we talked about in this series a lot is sort of um, when uh, people especially junior doctors and, and, and students um, uh, at, at that sort of very start period of, of their training and careers there's a tendency to sort of um, hide it away to sort of demonstrate that they are actually taking medicine seriously did did you mm. feel I guess I wanted to get a sense of, like, from your own experiences, was that something that you felt that you needed to sort of keep very separate or were you seeing other people like yourself who had those two interests and you wanted to um, pay them both the, the, the dues that, that, that you felt you were, were worth it? So at the start, I tried very hard to uh, hide my professional life from my music life and I kept them quite separate, at least initially. I didn't have uh, many role models back then who were also musicians and doing medicine. Uh, like nowadays, there's significantly a lot more. Mm. Uh, I found that eventually people would find it anyway. So work colleagues would find out about it. Patients would find out about it and they'd ask me about it. And so I had to then get ahead of the issue. So what I did was that eventually my public persona and profile, I did eventually mention that, yes, I'm a doctor and uh, I decided to make my music about health and social issues and made sure that the lyrics, although they might be rooted in street culture, that they will be consistent with the messages that I was conveying to my patients. Mm -hmm. And then like, I felt like I had more control 
of uh, my career and like the public perception at that point. Did you did you cop any pushback at all from from you know, from your senior um, physicians or, or managers or whatever? That, that was there any sort of suggestion? Was there any feeling that you weren't taking it seriously? If that was something you were pursuing as well, um, I think the more important thing is making sure that I was confident in my work. Yeah as a junior doctor in those teams. And most of the time, if I could prove that I was taking that seriously and, like, practising safe medicine, uh, then they were usually happy. Occasionally, you might have some, like, senior doctors who just don't understand hip-hop. They think that it's talking over a beat, that it's not real music and all that sort of thing. And they Stealing brush that samples aside. and all of that, yeah. Yeah, yeah but uh, I did find that probably the majority, maybe 60% of my consultants thought it was interesting and were generally supportive and were like still happy with the fact that I was able to manage that and also take my other medicine seriously too. How about the patients? I mean, I guess there must have been a, a, I guess to some degree, like it's a pretty cool thing. Like it, it must, did you find it helped you to, to be able to relate to, to patients that they, they didn't see it as, you know, as being sort of cold and clinical, like a lot of um, uh, interactions with doctors can be sometimes. So, I guess the older patients, they see it as interesting. Though they would think, oh, that's unusual, and mm-hmm. they they see that it might be like a uh, interesting anec- anecdote to tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might not fully understand the culture. Um, though, I, having said that, I do have like some patients who uh, might be quite open-minded, even though they might be from an older generation. They still kind of like listen to the depth of music. I do find my younger patients or like uh, maybe Generation X, Y or Z that they um, might actually listen to the content of it and they relate to aspects of it because, you know, to hear other similar artists on the radio. I was just keen to pick up on something you said a moment ago when you were talking about how you were combining some of those themes that you talked about with, you know, bringing the the, the health advocacy, I guess, element into um, to your music. How is that, you know... How do you actually go about doing that? Because, you know, obviously this is something that's not done a lot. This is, it seems unique um, in terms of mine. But, I mean, how do you combine those two and how are you able to draw on some of your experiences in dealing with... Um, so I, I read somewhere that you, when you talked about it brief um, before, there was one particular album, I'm not sure if that's still in the works, but where you're looking at trying to, to really theme it around some of the experiences like uh, mental health, whether it's asylum seeker health or um, young carers, organ donation, that kind of thing. How do you, how, how do you go about combining that into um, something that, that, you know, I've never, I've never heard sort of music about these sort of themes before, not in the way that you're, that you're talking about. That must be really quite interesting to do. Um, so how I do it is, like, I guess I find a topic and a concept first and I build a song around that. Uh, I, I think it's really important to, um, when it comes, especially when using hip-hop, a lot of hip-hop uh, comes from like authenticity and talking about subjects which will be similar to what you would already hear in other hip-hop music. So um, I try not to just go directly into like a very dry, very scientific uh, medical uh, type of topic in a hip-hop medium. But what I would do is I would find topics where there might be significant overlap between social issues and uh, that might be covered in hip-hop and the medical aspect. Mm. So, for example, I did a song about like sleep problems, which is ubiquitous in our culture. And uh, when I talk about sleep problems, like there's a lot of overlap with other things and there might be 
work stress or like misuse of substances or that sort of thing. And those are things you can commonly hear in modern day hip hop now. Mm. Uh, but there's obviously a very significant health aspect as well and wanted to give like good quality information. So I think as long as like it's something that could be credible and um, sounding in that you would otherwise hear in hip hop, but like a different take on yeah. it, which actually gives like some uh, possibly useful information rather than just reflecting on what happens. I think mental health is obviously another one of those really big ones, especially mm. like in the creative community. Um, sadly, it seems yeah. to be like there, there does seem to be, a, I guess it's you know, proportionally across the population, but certainly having um, inter- you know, been around certain music scenes myself, like it, there does seem to be a lot of uh, mental health issues that are, that are, whether that's someone being predisposed to that because of the creative nature, I'm not sure, but is that something you find that pops up a lot as well within, within the, that, that creative community? Uh, yes, there is. Uh, a lot of, I guess, the reason why the creative community uh, are inspired and have creativity at the same time, they can be quite sensitive mm. and uh, they can be like, feel the effects of those issues to like a very uh, deep level. So, uh, also, I work in headspace as well and I see that sort yeah. of thing quite commonly. And like in the general population, for example, having a lifetime incidence mood disorder for 20%, it's, it's quite high. So I think it's important to have those conversations. Uh, I, I think with my music, um, when I approach mental health, I'm, it's important that I'm honest and authentic about it and like telling people that it's okay to acknowledge that one is not okay and that there are strategies that can help with that. Mm. And I think the other thing that I like to tr- try to state uh, when I'm making music about mental health is trying to give good quality information because there's a lot of bad information out there from sure. well-meaning people but who like just don't have the um, mental health education around that. Say, for example, um, people saying that um, a certain outcome must be due to a mental illness, say someone died by uh, suicide mm. or they committed a homicide or something like that and say, oh, it must be mental illness, whereas like I'm the type to kind of break that down a lot more in detail and kind of talk about risk factors and like patterns of behaviour and warning signs and that sort of stuff rather than just prematurely jumping to a conclusion. And ultimately stigmatising some of those um, conditions yeah. as well and people with that, that, that might be dealing with them. Yes, exactly. I guess for, for a lot of it, it must be really important, I guess, for, for, for younger um, listeners as well, for your music, younger fans, because um, obviously... I mean, you talked about what a huge impact hip hop had on you as a teenager, and obviously that's a particularly you know, I guess there's no great time in your life to, to be dealing with mental health issues. But as, as a teenager going through everything that, um, that that comes with that sort of period of growing up, it it do you find that that's a is that a, a focus that you have as well? Starting trying to get out a, a message out to to some of those people who who are dealing with a lot of really confusing stuff at the same time. Mm. Um, when when I tried to like cover mental health issues when I was a teenager, um, I didn't do it very well because if you're like kind of stuck in the issue as yourself or you don't exactly know what's going on, you haven't had the education, it can be difficult to articulate. Mm. So you might at that time kind of articulate issues which are like kind of around that issue but like might not be quite head on. Mm-hmm. But in hindsight, like you can like gather your thoughts more and say, okay, this is kind of what I was going through back then as a teenager and this is how I can make logical sense of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that I've kind of made logical sense of previous struggles, um, I, I find that uh, I can use that 
for to help people who are currently going through that kind of struggle. Mm. I switching gear a little bit um, because there's a lot to cover in this. I think you mentioned before the the breadth of stuff and diversity in, in what you do in your output. Obviously, as we're talking about, there's the, there's the rap and the hip hop. There's also, but within that. You know, as a as a broad thing, there's also there's a lot of political and social commentary and advocacy, which I think we mm-hmm. touched on a little bit. Um, but you know, that's not just some of the, some of the issues we talked about before. That you know, that that's modern contemporary. Like no matter what it might be, that that seems to be frustrating you, whether it's Donald Trump or, or Scott Morrison or whatever yep. it might be. But then there's also our, you you're doing R and B. You've got and as you mentioned before, stand up comedy as well. It's a really eclectic mix of styles and out like elements of, of what you're doing in your creative output. Um, where do, do you have different motivations? Do they all come from different places? How do you sort of um, yeah, explore, you know, determine where you're going to go with anything that you might be looking to do? Do you sort of, um, so is it something you might be inspired by or, or be in, in, affected by that you see going on? And I mean, how do you, how do you decide how you're going to um, go about sort of expressing your, <laughs> I guess your, your processing, your, your version of, of, of how it's, how it's um, working out? So all those genres that you mentioned before are all genres that I like initially. Mm. So uh, I like rap because it's like energetic and edgy, and you know sometimes I would feel that way and I want to express that. With R and B, it's like smooth and a mix of confidence and vulnerability, and I also like that as well. Sometimes I'm in the mood for that, mm-hmm. and I like studied um, other artists who were doing it, and sometimes I like doing that as well. And with, like, stand-up comedy, uh, I think the good thing about humour is that it helps with, like, tension and release because if you're making, like, edgy stuff all the time, then uh, you can get, like, a built-up, pent-up, like, uh, anger or sometimes negative energy and, like, interspersing it with humour as well can help, like, bring a state of balance. And so I will, like, intermingle and go in and out of those genres because, you know, that's what I'm feeling at the time and that's what I like doing. And when it comes to politics, I uh, I think a lot of people well, initially they say, you know, I'm not I'm not really interested in politics, but like politics does like infiltrate and affect our life on so many levels, and it can be very hard to avoid. So um, what can end up happening, people then become quite bitter about it, complain about it, do all those sorts of things, and I think it's better to be able to. Um, put it in an artistic medium so that I can express those frustrations without just kind of wallowing in a hole about it. It's sort of, I was going to ask about, you know, it must feel, I guess, to some degree, like a, like a bit of a pressure release for you say, like, I'm, I'm, I think a lot of people can certainly relate to that, the idea of like watching the news and just feeling like what is going on. I mm. feeling a bit powerless. I mean, does it create a sense of, you know, do you feel empowered by being able to, by being able to get, get some of that out once you've processed it and put it into something whether it's a stand-up routine or or, or a rap track or whatever it might be does it does it help sort of feel you you feel more empowered like you're doing something about it yeah it does make you feel more empowered because it helps cut through the noise a little bit mm. there's a lot of political discussion going on and a lot of it would be from people airing out their grievances they might not be following fully listening to the other side of the argument i think a lot of people have a platform these days and a lot of people will abuse each other online and I try to steer clear from that I don't want to like go out and abuse people what I am more focused on is like speaking truth to power so like all those people that you mentioned like 
I don't uh, want to like see harm come their way. It's more so to the fact that they're like in a position of power, which you know negatively affects large swaths of people. Mm. And I want to be able to hold them to account so that to mitigate that sort of um, damage that they might be doing to other people and make people aware of it. Attention to the listener, send this to the minister. I represent musicians and this message is familiar. Department of Arts, I took a dart to the heart. It's under transport, they appear the farthest apart. Yeah. I'm a struggling artist and I would love a grant. I must adjust to a language that you understand. Art and transport seem to have a thin connection, but I'm going to bring attention to the intersection. So one of the tracks you did recently, just as, a, as an example, um, I think you put, I just put it out, was it just this month, the, the one that was a funding grant for yeah. the arts disguised as a song yeah. about transport? which I, I might have to put a link in the, the show notes so that people can go and check mm. it out. Um, but it uses, it sort of combines some of those like, humour elements, like, you know, like I guess satirical, um, sort of dark satirical elements to, to make a serious point about, a, you know, a political point about something that you, that you feel very strongly about, which is this idea that the arts and um, are being undervalued and, and ignored and um, by the Australian government. This is obviously in... in, in Relation to the, um, the the government's announcement um, back at the end of last year about rolling the the arts ministry portfolio into roads and transport, um, how like as an example, like how did that one come about? Like where where did the inspiration from it come? Was it was it talking to other people, other artists, and, and sort of, or was it a very personal thing? Uh, so it was a bit of both. Uh, I try to like make songs that mirror what's happening in the news cycle, uh, which. Uh, like can be quite difficult because it moves so fast these days. Mm. I do have a lot of uh, colleagues in the performing arts sector who were very distraught when the arts department uh, got rolled into the transport department. Uh, the reason being is that they saw it as an insidious attack on the visibility of the sector mm. because once you remove the name, uh, the arts from the name of the department, then other things can follow after that potentially. So uh, a lot of people were angry about it and I wanted to make something constructive and creative about it while still being able to channel what their grievances were. And, like, I think using humour can, like, help cut through the noise. So there's a lot of, like, puns about transport, which actually relate to the art yeah. in a song. Um, and it shows a little bit of the ridiculousness of it, but the fact that I'm kind of... looks like I'm forcing these puns, but... It's the it's like kind of mirrors the process of forcing the art yeah. into something that's unrelated to it. Yeah, absolutely. So what? Um, how how about the the video element? Is that something you were able to do yourself, or how, did, you, did you sort of have creative partners that were helping you with the the video that went with it? Because the whole thing sort of, I guess that the multimedia aspect of it is again what what makes it really work is that you've got it's almost like a viral video in in that sense. Yes. So uh, with the videos, I like get the pictures which visually represent the lyrics I'm saying. I'll go research them. Often I'll get stuff that's Creative Commons where uh, other artists and photographers and journalists uh, allow it to be used for that reason. Mm -hmm. uh, then I also recruit the help of like videographers and um, animation artists to put it together. So uh, the person who helped with this one, his name is Lachlan Gallivan. He's quite talented. Mm -hmm. In, um, from my hometown and yeah I think the good thing about like having live videos like that is um, we I guess to, these days people like to hear and listen at the same time because it's just there's so much content out of there having like a visual representation of it will kind of help cement the message further yeah so 
I guess you mentioned that before we move on to a couple of things I want to talk to you about this. I want to quickly just touch a little bit more on the um, the the comedy side of it. Because obviously, you know, this this song is has got that satirical comedy sort of or humor element to it. But then you're doing actual stand up routines as well. How how often are you able to to to, to sort of um, scratch that particular itch and, and get out on stage? And how has it gone? Like has has the performing um, sort of process you've been in terms of gr- uh, growing up and as a as a performing artist as, as with your music has that sort of helped you in your comedy on stage or is that completely different kettle of fish? <laughs> uh, it's a different skill set. Yeah. Uh, so last year I did a course in it and did like the grad night presenting in front of an audience. Um, there's all, there's been like elements of humor in a lot of my music. Uh, so I did what sounded like uh, a stand-up comedy routine in a song about bipolar disorder called Roller Coaster. And so the stand-up comedy was part of the chorus. And uh, then I did actual stand-up comedy later on. Uh, and with the timing of delivery, the different skill set, there's a significant amount of overlap. Uh, but that's something that I kind of want to do more of and, like, I've kind of got some material and I need to test it out in the audience, audiences. And, yeah, that, that, that's something I want to kind of develop more of in the years to come. How did that come about? Did you just sort of doing, were you looking for sort of open mic type things or did you have connections that you were able to, to give it a go? Or what sort of, what was the process into being able to start that one? So it's, uh, the, the open mic sector is quite competitive. Like when, when you like sign up for like courses and like being, like having a grad night where you present to a bunch of strangers as well. Um, that's like something that kind of need to force yourself to do. Like I've like seen a lot of comedy and I thought, thought to myself, yeah, I could potentially do that. Mm. Uh, but like actually doing it is really quite nerve wracking. And part of it that there'll be like some jokes that don't land and um, there's going to be heckles. I think that's just part of the learning experience. Yeah. And, I actually think there's a lot of people who could probably do it who have a lot of potential, a lot of really funny people, but they just can't get over that initial uh, thought about what if I get, uh, like, heckled or booed off stage or what if I, like, uh, do really badly on stage. And so same thing with music. I think a lot of people probably have better musical skills than I, uh, well, talent than I do, but uh, they just never put themselves out there. And so... Yeah, I would encourage a lot of people if they have thought about it. Like, we only live once. It's probably a good idea to give it a go. It's a different, very different energy in the room, though, I'd imagine, as well, in terms of mm. the level of, like, support that you get as a performing artist, as a, as a musician performing on the stage, mm. as opposed to, as you said, like, you're far more likely to be heckled as a musician, perhaps, than as a musician, I would have thought. I mean, certainly in my experience of seeing, seeing gigs, there's a lot more support mm. for, for someone who's putting music out rather than um, someone who's trying to make everybody laugh. Is it... Uh, you said it was a different set of skills, but also I guess it's a completely different um, uh, vibe in the in the room as well that you're having to to, to react to and, and and sort of work with. Yeah, like you're you're trying to achieve different ends. So a lot of people go out to like stand up expecting to be made to laugh, mm. and like if they like not having a bad time, but they're not laughing, then that can be seen as a failure to a number of people and. When you go out to, well, it depends on what kind of gig it is. Some people, like, um, you go out to a gig and the the aim is to provide ambiance. And, like, if people are just chilling with it, that's okay. But if you're going to, like, rock a crowd 
And if they're not rocking um, along with you and they're like on their phones and that sort of stuff, they, they might be um, trying to be polite about it, but that can also be seen as a failure as well. Mm. So, like, a, a lot of, I guess, the vibe will depend on expectations and, like, the type of gig and what everyone is hoping to achieve with that. Yeah. So switching you back to the, the music again and speaking a bit more broadly about um, things. So what is – I'm interested to know what your sort of creative process is. Like how do you work? Do you, do you – I mean obviously if anyone is familiar with the work or goes and checks it out, there's a lot of collaboration that you do with as with other artists. I think you touched on before some of the stuff that you've done. Um, are you collaborative by nature or do you prefer to, to work on stuff – on ideas by yourself until they're ready to share and then you sort of take them from there or do you, do you is it collaborative from the very start? So, uh, with my process, I usually come up with the topic and the concept first mm-hmm. and then, like, building rhymes for me because I've done it for so long is not that hard so I can build the rhymes and the hooks and the melodies around that and uh, if I find the right production and, you know, there's a lot of producers that I've worked with then it's relatively straightforward after that. Uh, in terms of collaborations, uh, I, I find it's really important to like recruit people early on who have different skill sets to mine, and together we can create something that's bigger than us individually. So uh, I know that you know um, there are female singers who can reach much higher uh, octaves than I can. Mm. There are producers who kind of make uh, certain styles or genre of production that I can't. And uh, there's also videographers who uh, can visually convey an idea from a technical point of view. Even if I've got the idea to begin with, they can actually execute it and make it happen. Mm. And I could try to go learn all those skills, but like what I particularly bring is like lyrics and rhymes and like rhythm and like great melodies and that sort of stuff. And uh, if I collaborate with other people, they can we can together bring uh, a product which. Uh, can like relate to a lot of people there's a bit of crossover there to without sort of laboring the point <laughs> or drawing too long a bow but i mean there is there is a lot of crossover in terms of what you're describing there in the way that healthcare teams work as well is there yeah. is there how do those how do the two parts to bring those two back together is there a lot of you know that you learn from from one side that helps the other or or um you know is there is there stuff that you've been able to put into place from 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 working in medical settings that you that have you know, helped you collaborate and work with other artists, or vice versa, stuff that you've you've learned from from um, your creative processes really helped you in a professional setting with medicine. Yeah, so I guess those two processes are analogous. So in medicine, like my skill set might be the fact that I like know a little bit out of about a lot of things, and so I might help with diagnosis or if not the diagnosis and guiding them down the right pathway mm. to make sure that we're looking at the right system uh, and also like initiating uh, treatment or recommending treatments. Uh, and I might know broadly about the types of treatment. For example, like I work at Headspace and I might know that DBT is one of the better therapies for BPD, but I might not deliver it myself. You know, I might need to like identify that that is what is required and get someone down the right pathway and then, involve the help of my social worker and psychologist partners. Mm. And uh, I think that's just recognising that any one particular person, even if they've got a broad skill set themselves, there's always going to be others who are going to be better at certain things than they are and they achieve the best out- outcomes by like acknowledging one's own limitations. And the same thing happens with music. So I, I think I like uh, can 
develop skills in those other areas and also like recognize that uh, those other types of practitioners can achieve certain things that I would like to achieve for a particular project but I can't do myself or, or I can't do it efficiently by myself. Mm. And like, yeah, involving that just makes like better art the same way that teamwork makes better health outcomes. I mean, how about for yourself? I mean, obviously, um, in medicine, you know, burnout and, 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 and mental stress is obviously a huge element within the profession. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are plenty of examples that people can look to. But I mean, with and it's a, it's a theme that pops up a lot in this series is people like yourself who have got something like this, which is such a huge part of, of their lives and, and their, you know, who they are. Does it help sort of take the some some of the stress and some of the the, the anxiety or whatever it might be that, that's coming out of professional life? Does it, in terms of balancing it out, like having that completely you know not completely separate because obviously there's a lot of overlap between the two. But do you find that it does help you to to um, to balance your life out a little bit better having that that next to, next to, to medicine? Yeah. So uh, I guess I achieve different things um, when it comes to like my own health when it comes to hip-hop and medicine. I think the good thing about hip-hop is, uh, sorry, medicine, is that it's like quite humbling experience. Like in order to like be the best practitioner, um, we've got to set aside our own judgments and then like kind of be part of the life of the person who's presenting with the issue. And like their problem, like once they leave the console room, they still have to deal with it. It's, it's their whole life. And they might have a particular set of beliefs, which uh, which I don't agree with, or might be different to my own. Mm. But I, even though if I don't understand them, I have to. Even if I don't agree with them, I have to understand them, and I need to kind of see and understand how they got themselves into that position. And like when I do hip hop, it like acknowledges that I'm my own person. I have my own journey. I have my own set of belief systems and values, and they might be different to other people's. And I can express that, uh, and that's okay for me to it gives like, you have that my space, own yeah. system. Yeah, that, that my own system belief set, but that can also be consistent with like treating people and being part of the life of people who might be different to myself. How do you sort of divide up your time? Is it how do you like, how do you start? How do you make sure that? Um, that it's your um, professional commitments with within general practice and mental health, some of the things, the roles that you have in, in that sphere, um, don't start to eat up all the time because you know it, that creative process needs a, a bit of time, uh, you know, a whole lot of time in in and of itself if you're going to be achieving the sort of stuff that that you have been doing with, with with music so far and some of the ambitions that you have. How do you sort of make sure that that you do have time for both? It's a Good question. It is like a work in progress and sometimes I might not necessarily get the balance right. So I'm lucky where I get the weekends and my family and friends are supportive Mm -hmm. and I do spend a lot of my spare time uh, writing lyrics, coming up with song ideas uh, because I, I enjoy doing that. And a lot of my other time is also spent on like reading up on medical news and doing professional development and that sort of thing. Mm. But I also do need to also set time aside for other regenerative things. So um, catching up with my friends, uh, exercising, uh, going to cultural events, uh, that sort of thing. And, yeah, just trying to get the balance of those three three facets. 
Uh, I, I guess I'm lucky where I can like control the speed and the nature uh, and the volume of output when it comes to my music. Mm-hmm. And what, my work is relatively flexible, um, and I've kind of reached I guess, a state of like balance where um, I like can kind of c- control like the the rate of work that comes in. There's, there's always going to be the demand for more, but like, me being able to like work with my team to make sure that it's like well divided. There must be an element of sacrifice, though, I guess, that goes into to both sides of that. You're sacrificing creative time and energy, perhaps at, at certain at certain times, or or, or vice versa. Yeah, like uh, there's probably more that I could do with medicine if I didn't have the music, and more that I could do with music if I didn't have the mm. medicine. Thankfully, um, the, the good thing about uh, the medicine is that it like gives me a certain amount of experience and exposure to like different life stories which can provide inspiration as well and uh, like having like links to the community so that I can there's like some grounding in well, what's actually happening on the ground when I talk about those things. I guess just finally um, given the the breadth and diversity of the creative and professional output that, that we've sort of talked about um, what's on the horizon for you both sort of creatively and medically or perhaps com- combining the two is there sort of is there more uh, you know, other completely different projects or, or, or um, outlets on the horizon that you, you'd like to explore hmm. so I'd like to be able to put out a album from the songs that I've done over the past few years put it on, on a, as an online release for people to stream mm-hmm. um, I am working on songs for another concept album after that so I've got a lot of like instrumentals from producers that I've bought from over the course of the years and I'm doing um, what some other artists for example Kanye West have done where I try to make uh, songs which cover two topics um, two related but separate topics and use two different instrumentals for Uh, so an example I've done a song recently about uh the prison system and like healthcare in the prison system. So I talk about what it's like in the system and out of the system once they leave. Mm. And so the two different instrumentals, like two different but related stories. Um, I've done another song about, uh, so the two sides of drug addiction where we talk about like one person's story with drug addiction and then their family afterwards and how the family is affected by that story. And, I've done another song, again, with two instrumentals, one about, like, um, someone's, uh, like, rough upbringing and how they got their life together when they had children, but then after that there might be a custody dispute and it's kind of bringing up previously unresolved issues when it doesn't go their way. So uh, I'm, yeah, trying to, like... Look at, look at some of these issues the, from completely different angles. And, and yeah, also yeah, from different time periods as well, by the sounds of it, in some of these, some of the cases. Yeah, yeah. So covering it from different angles, and hopefully they'll make it a bit more nuanced and more interesting, mm. and will like cover like various different types of content. I, I don't think at this stage, just there's a lot of things to talk about. I don't think I'll run out of. <laughs> uh, type of ideas to cover at this point not at all but i mean i guess it goes back to the point you were making before about the 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 need for for people to not necessarily just 
be completely steadfast in their um, their opinions and their beliefs, and actually listening to mm. you know, seeing things from different perspectives, which I guess is a lot of yeah. what your what your creative output is about is about not only yourself and your own processing of things, but you know, I encar- encouraging others to sort of th- use their brains a little bit more, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, and I think a lot of our conflict and division in the world can be solved, or at least ameliorated by kind of understanding where other people are coming from. Huge thanks to Tufam for his time and for being a part of the podcast. He's a um, fascinating, passionate guy um, who really is uh, blazing his own path. The excerpts from the two tracks that you heard in there uh, were used with Tufam's permission and just another thanks to him for that. Uh, they were titled Save Our Seas and a funding grant for the arts disguised as a song about transport. Uh, you can see the videos for those tracks on his YouTube channel um, and I'll try and um, see if we can get a, a link to that um, in the episode notes for anyone to check that out and um, hear some more of his music there. Um, before I go, another quick reminder to head over to the CCIM homepage, that's creativecareersmedicine.com, to register for the CCIM 2020 conference and to check out the CCIM member program. It's all there, again, at creativecareersinmedicine.com. This has been another Embrace Creative production for Creative Careers in Medicine. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon with more interviews, so stay tuned. Stay tuned.